You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, and thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. I'm going to talk to you today about grace. Now, I know that grace is a um, such a fine, you know, like line kind of a subject, and Honestly, there are a lot of um, churches that don't even really want to go too much into grace because they don't want to be accused of greasy graceness, um, whatever that means. And honestly, uh, I I do believe I've I've talked a little bit about grace before, um, because I mean, it's it's something that even I'm learning and gaining knowledge of and coming to an understanding and freedom. I mean, it brings a lot of freedom when you understand grace and and I know a lot of um a lot of a lot of people tread lightly on the subject of grace because of the negative um the negative feedback that they get from a lot of people uh in the church. Um but honestly, um, honestly, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there is so much condemnation in the church and there's so much of a, um, push to look and seem holy, um, that, um, that no one wants to hear about how simple and how, um, it's not that it's easy, but it's how, it's how simple the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of a born again life, the simplicity of, sorry, the simplicity of the born again experience. Um, and, and, and no one in the church really wants to talk about that because for so long, there's been a, um, a mindset of the Christian life is um struggle and sacrifice and 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 yes there there are hardships especially when you're in a country where there's persecution but there is a number one thing that you will learn and especially if you listen to the people that go and visit these places and yes these people are going through a lot of hardships but if you talk about to the ministries um and listen to uh, people in ministries that that go to these places where it is illegal to be a Christian, um, they will tell you that those people um, live in such a freedom and in a peace and in a joy um, that they, you know, they would love it if we lived in that in that way. But there is so much of a um, uh, there's so much of a mindset of uh, condemnation and um, and um, and I think a lot of it comes from coming out of the Catholic Church, you know, way back. Let's talk about way back in Martin Luther's time, you know, when he comes up, when he comes to the sudden revelation and accepts and, and yields to the revelation of the salvation through grace, you know, and... And that people can be born again and you don't have to be a part of the Catholic Church in order to be born again. That salvation comes through grace um, and uh, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and and his glory. And um, 
and and in that revelation, you know, it it just caused such a um, such an earthquake, you know, through uh, Christendom, because the Catholic Church, uh, and and even the um, um, the you know the Russian Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, um, they've all um, I keep hitting my mic. Uh, I need to raise my mic. That's probably what I need to do. Um, they've been so, you know, the people have been so much under the thumb of these rules and regulations of what a Christian life and what a holy life is supposed to be and how you're to be holy and how you're to uh, be saved and and is purgatory real and uh what do you do to get out of purgatory and your family out of purgatory and uh, all these things that were built up and all these lies that were made uh to keep people under the thumb of um of those who were running the world um and they struck so much fear there was so much fear um in in, in lives at this time because you can rule now and 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 if you go through history I, I love history okay I love history and and I love studying history and as a believer in Christ it's 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 a big deal to study history and to see um, the supernatural or the spiritual um, uh, effects of different kingdoms and different uh, rulers of um, of uh, kingdoms, you know, and, and back in history, whether it's ancient, whether it's more contemporary history, historical mind, you know, historical world and modern history and historical stuff, um, you would see um, that in a tyrannical world. And, and now we're even looking at it, you know, it's not even in the, the, those that were dictators and tyrants, but we're seeing it in governments like the American government. But, um, to have and to own the mind of the people, one must put fear into the hearts of these people. Um, and, and when fear generation after generation has been, um, has been sewn in and grafted into the people and they live based on fear and they think that a successful life, not even a success, successful life living involves fear. Um, one can control thousands, millions of people through fear, um, because through fear, uh, people all become, uh, it's like they become one mind and it takes, honestly, it takes one person in that mindset of fear that, that conglomeration of one brain of fear to stand up and say, no, I mean, if you, um, if you read, uh, if you've ever read Anne Rines, Rands, Anne Rands books, um, I was all, in, I used to be all into them and, and honestly, they're, they're amazing when it comes to, uh, that concept of, you know, fear, fear drives and can control, um, so many, uh, but when one stands up and says, Hey, wait a second. And they awaken to what's going on 
uh, and they become alive and say no. Uh, it, it changes everything and it causes an earthquake of, um, of uh, uh, chaos um, and it can ripple through um, so many peoples and so many countries and, and freedom can come if one person will stand up and say no. And uh, Martin Luther was that kind of person. He stood up and said, hey, I have this revelation and when it came time to the point of either uh, being quiet and quietly spreading this, as those before him had done uh, so so often, or standing up and saying, no, there needs to be a change uh, because people need to know this. And you stand up and you say something like he did. Um, it it causes an earthquake of, of just chaos. It's just chaos, but it's because people are coming alive to it and uh, life is being produced and freedom is coming. Freedom is a dangerous thing. in in a tyrannical government, uh, love is a dangerous thing in a tyrannical government. And when I'm talking about love, I'm talking about real authentic, um, eternal kind of love, which only comes from God. Because God is love. Um, I'm not talking about any kind of like political stuff today. Um, because lust is not love. And desire is not love. And um, um, you know, that's just not love. Love is, is an, you know, it comes from, it comes from God. Love does not hold on to bitterness. Love does not, uh, count any wrongs. Love doesn't, uh, uh, have anything against you. You know, uh, love is not, there's not a condition when it comes to love and there's no fear in love. Um, so, you know, God is love and God does not produce any fear when it comes to love, um, and his love. And so a, an eternal love and an understanding of the love of God, you know, it's very, that's very dangerous in a tyrannical government. Um, and I don't mean this at, at all to be political. I'm, I'm guess I'm just giving you a historical background. Um, the, a believer in Christ, the, uh, Christian religion is very dangerous when it comes to a tyrannical government because one that is born again understands joy, freedom, peace, love, and it cannot be moved and it cannot be shaken no matter what you do. That will not move. It holds, it stands, it can trample and topple a government. It can utterly destroy a tyrannical government. It will fall because of one person that will say no and it, and it grows, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the gospel of Christ, uh, grows and, and it's because of the freedom, joy, love, uh, and the liberty that a believer in Christ has, um, in their life, especially in a government that says you cannot be that way. Those that believe in Christ in that type of, um, environment, 
um, under has a greater understanding of liberty and freedom than those that live in a government uh, or a country um, that uh, gives um, um, it doesn't really give them any problems. Because, you know, you kind of get lazy and you kind of fall asleep to things and, you know. But, um, but we can. But with that being said, we can come to an understanding and freedom even in uh, a country that uh, it's free to be a believer in Christ. Um, and some may say, well, we, we have persecutions here. Like in America, we have persecutions here. Yeah, we have some things here and there. But it's nothing like some other countries where it's completely illegal to be a believer in Christ. And you can lose your home. You can lose your family. Um, you, uh, you have family members that they can legally uh, beat you to death and call it holy. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, we get we get a little problems here and there, but it's nothing compared to some of these countries. But um, but we can experience because of the love of God, the mercy of God and the grace of God, we can experience liberty and have freedom and have that kind of um, um, play, you know, understanding uh, of Christ and the love of God um, in our lives. Um, and now in this day and age and in this place of freedom and, you know, that we have here in America and stuff. So, um, I want to talk about that, um, because honestly, um, when it comes to freedom and liberty and joy and peace and, uh, living in it, um, I wouldn't say it's our government that's keeping us from doing it. It's, um, the Christian, the Christian mindset, and uh, so much of the Christian community today, no matter what denomination you're in, the Christian community today um, are the ones that um, believers in Christ in a lot of ways are having to um, combat against. Uh, and, and the persecution is coming from within, um, especially when it comes to the subject of grace. There is so much of a persecution in the Christian world when it comes to the matter of grace. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, we have allowed rules and regulations to beat us down and tell us what we are. And we've said yes to it. There is a tyrannical, dictatorial um, mindset in the Christian world today that we've allowed we've allowed to come in, you know, and we say, uh, how, how's our country come to this where this and this is allowed in our government and blah, 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 blah. And we need freedom and blah, 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 blah. A lot of that has to do with the fact that believers in Christ are so beaten down and they are a slave to the, and I said it, yes, I said it. I said what I said. We, uh, have allowed ourselves to become a slave to the rules and regulations that man has put on, on the Christian world today because it's tradition, because it's denomination, uh, because it's the way it should be, because um, if we allow it to be any other way, oh, the sin that will come into the church. You know, I'm sorry I let that old, like... <laughs> I've heard that so many times growing up. 
uh, whether it was a, a, a preacher on TV or if it was somebody in church or something. Oh, if we allowed this and this to come in, oh, the sin that will be allowed in the church today. Like, come on, there's so many secret sins that are happening right right under our noses, right before our eyes, because we have put so many rules and regulations that are not of God, they are not biblical, into the church. We don't allow freedom in the church. We don't allow liberty in the church. We don't allow grace in the church. We don't allow mercy in the church. We don't allow biblical love in the church. We don't, some churches don't even allow Holy Spirit in the church, but they think they do, but they're not really allowing it because it would be destructive, because it would be catastrophic, because it would cause earthquakes and ripples through the church and people might actually get free, people might actually get healed, people might actually get born again. Oh, the nerve of it all. We may actually find out that people that are leaders in our church today are actually not born again because if we allowed freedom into the church, we would find out that those people aren't even saved. They're just going along with the rules and the regulations and the dictatorial, tyrannical laws that we have allowed in the church that we call traditional biblical doctrine. And it's killing. It's killing. It's killing people. They're going straight to hell. And thinking that they're saved and thinking that they're born again. It's killing people. Because we won't allow grace, the grace of God, to come in and flood our lives and bring us joy and bring us liberty and give us freedom. Because that could mean, oh my goodness, that could mean that people might actually be free. Because they think that allowing grace into the church means that there's going to be sin in the church. But what they fail to actually explain to you is that there is so much sin hidden in the church that if they would just allow in, they open the door to grace. Those hidden sins that are going on in the church that nobody likes to talk about, that people keep behind closed doors, that only gossip helps trail along would be gone, would leave. Because either those people that are in sin would leave or they would get born again. Oh, the atrocity, the inhumanity of it all if we let grace in the church. My goodness. My goodness. Because we think that allowing grace in it means that people will sin. Well, if you think that allowing grace in means people will sin, then you don't know what grace is. And if you keep preaching that, and if you keep talking about that, and you keep talking about those who preach on grace, because maybe they preach on grace because they need it, or whatever it is, or they preach on grace because maybe their church needs a little bit of grace. Or they preach on grace because they're not grace-filled. Or they preach on grace because they're in sin. Or whatever it is. Like, 
Maybe they're preaching on grace because they suddenly have a revelation of what grace is and they're trying to bring freedom into their church. I know my pastor's been preaching on grace and I know we need it. We have been in revival since 2016 and we have experienced such freedom and joy and love and, and an understanding of fellowship with the Father. An understanding of Holy Spirit and who he is. Not the Holy Spirit, but Holy Spirit and who he is. And understanding uh, who we are in Christ. And that we are sons and daughters of God. And there's been so much freedom in, in, in these areas. But the Lord's been talking to him about preaching grace. And we need it and how much we need it. Not for not not even just for now, but for the, our future. And I am so on board. I'm like, yes, I need grace. I need to understand grace. I need to fall into the hands of grace. I need to I need to be in a place of grace in my for my whole life. I need to understand what it means to go to the throne room, the, the throne of grace boldly. I need to learn what it means to kick that door open and walk like a daughter of God to the throne of grace and fall on my father's, on my father's knee or at his feet and just say, Father, I need your grace. I need grace. I need you. I need you so much. And understanding what that means, because when we look at the Bible and we, when we read scriptures in the Bible and we read about grace in the Bible... There's not any kind of negativity when it comes to grace. There's not any kind of, well, you better be careful not to preach too much grace. Like Paul never talks about that. Peter never talks about preaching too much grace, greasy grace. There is not a term of greasy grace at all in the Bible. Not one little bit. He doesn't say preach grace, but be careful. It might mean that they'll sin. No, here, let's, you know what? Let's go to it. Let's let's talk about this because, you know, I think I think that would be important to talk about. I think that would be let's let's talk about this. OK, so I'm going to my phone because my phone doesn't make a lot of noise when it comes to uh, this podcast. The Although I guess you could say that's um, what is it called? The ASM. I could put it real close to the microphone and and, and turn my page. And you can find that comforting and stuff. You know, let's see. Let me go to, I think it's in 2 Corinthians, isn't it? 2 Corinthians, I think 12, right? Oh, no. Nope. 2 Corinthians, it says, but I'll read it. I'll read it. Nine, uh, nine through 10. I'll read that. Okay. But he said to me, because it says in eight, he pleaded three times, um, with the Lord to take his problem away. And, uh, Paul says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, and Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, weaknesses, 
and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak, then I am, I am strong because he's strong in Christ. Okay. And that's in the NIV. So if you're like, oh, what version is she reading? It's an NIV. Okay. Deal. Okay. I just opened it up and it happened to be in the NIV. So deal. Um, but he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Not once did he say anything about grace being negative or too much grace is negative or anything like that. Okay. Let's go to, I know, I know Hebrews is one of the other ones, um, that, that talk about, let me see if I can, uh, Hebrews, I've got it for, ah, it is, it's Hebrews four. Okay. Um, and I've got it all highlighted and stuff cause you know, grace. Um, I'm going to start in, um, I'm going to start in, uh, Hebrews four verse 12, and then I'm going to go all the way down to the last verse, which is 16. Okay. It says for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive the mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Not once did he say, but be careful how many times you go to the throne of grace. It, 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 once again, this is positive about grace. You know, he's, he's not saying, you know, don't be liberal with that grace though, because you might sin. No, he's saying that Jesus understands uh, a temptation. He understands the problems that we face and the temptations that we face and how in our flesh it can be such a fight. So because we have that advocate of Jesus who understands everything we're going through, who understands all the troubles that we face, we can go to the throne room of God with confidence, boldly. Okay, we can go there so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we can go there and, and seek his mercy and his grace to get through whatever that we're going through. See, grace, that, that's nothing bad about grace. That's saying when we're having that trouble to go to him boldly, like, like not trying to hide it. He knows everything anyway. The word of God lays everything bare and open. We're completely vulnerable to him. He knows everything we're thinking, that we're saying, that we're dreaming, that we want, that we need, that, you know, we, we're writing down, that we're listing, that we're mm everything. He knows everything that we're actually doing out in the open, that we're actually saying in the open. Like he knows it all. So since he knows it all and since he understands how incredibly hard it is to be a human, we can go to him boldly 
and seek out that mercy and that grace and that strength that we need in this in our time of weakness. Let's go back to Second Corinthians. Let's bring that in. We can go to him in our weakness and seek his grace because in his grace, his grace is sufficient for us. That's his strength. He, he's strong in grace and mercy. And we can lean in that. And, and know that in our weakest places that he's going to give us the strength to keep on going and to make it and to thrive. So we don't have to beat ourselves down. We don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to be in a place of, of uh, 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 constantly repenting. We don't have to be in a place where we're um, almost like, Catholics checking off every uh, bead with a prayer because, you know, forgive us, Father, for we have sinned. It's been five days since our last confession. It doesn't have to be like that. There's no room for that in this in, in, in the two scriptures I've read so far. OK, let's get to the third one. All right. I've got this one written down, so I'm going to go to this one. Because this is the one that I actually wanted to uh, read with you guys um, when I started this. And it's uh, Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 9. I, I like reading, you know, the befores and the, if there are some afters, the afters. And, you know, as you're going into a verse because, you know, context. Can't really say it. I'm reading it out of context if I'm reading before and after. You know what I mean? Anyway, Romans 6 verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? <laughs> By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as a and as an obedient as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness." Not once in there did he talk about too much grace. He says, you're no longer slaves to the law, but you are, you are free in Christ. You're no longer dead, but you're alive in Christ. 
that you're no longer uh, walking in sin, but you're in righteousness. So grace, grace doesn't, grace doesn't cause one to sin. An understanding of grace does not cause one to sin. And you can say, well, you can preach it all you want to. You can talk about it all you want to, but somebody can misinterpret. Somebody can misinterpret everything I say. It's not even just about grace. It can, they can misinterpret everything that I say and live however thinking that I said something. I mean, we see it happen every day. Why is it just on grace that it seems to be such a problem? I'll tell you why. Because grace brings freedom. An understanding and a revelation of grace brings freedom. And those who are um, in the church today that aren't even born again, but they are in leadership and are there to keep the believers in Christ uh, in a tyrannical uh, government of religion don't want you to know freedom. They don't want you to know truth. They don't want you to know life. They don't want you to know liberty, prosperity, thriving goodness, always winning because Christ wins victory. They don't want you to live how you're supposed to live in Christ. They want to keep you down and they will do everything and their power to keep you down, to keep you from living in any kind of freedom. Because if they can't live it, you can't live it either. But also because the enemy is really good at trying to put in those that don't belong. You know, that shepherds that are actually thieves that came over the wall. You know, that we talk about it in the Bible, came over the wall. And, and, and they think they're, they're acting as shepherds. But when trouble comes, they just leave the sheep on their own. And, then, and things like that, they're not, they're not actually shepherds that should be leading the church, the sheep. But they're thieves and robbers. Uh, that's, that's, what the, that's what so many in the, in the Christian church, and, and a lot of it also is the lack of knowledge. It's the lack of knowledge. Look how long in the Catholic church, there were those here and there that, that popped up, that, that said, that had revelations. Oh, God always has it in, in, in his church. But look, it took to Martin Luther to cause the earthquake of revolutionary chaos that brought liberty and freedom to so many lives that thought that they were bound by law in the Catholic church and thought that they had to give money and do all these other kind of things in order to be out of purgatory, in order to stay out of hell, in order to be saved, in order to maybe get to heaven one day. It took Martin Luther standing up and saying something. And I'm not saying that I'm the person that's going to stand up and say something because to be quite honest, there have been others, but more so there's been my, my pastor He's been preaching grace for weeks and the necessity for grace and grace in our lives. Weeks, weeks, just like he used to do with preaching the gospel, just like he used to do with um, understanding um, our, our sonship and understanding God as father. 
just as he did with uh, us having to understand freedom and having Holy Spirit and how we needed to yield to Holy Spirit and what it means to be with Holy Spirit and who Holy Spirit is. So that freedom would come. And he's preaching about grace now. So that freedom would come. Revival can come to the church and there could be that earthquake of revelation that comes to the church and brings freedom. And yes, there will be those who will leave because they will be kicking and screaming about the freedom people suddenly have. Gee. And they will look on the sidelines waiting for you to sin and thinking that they can do that um, in order to point and be the accuser. And say, see, I told you, see, I told you how grace is. Now you need to beat yourself and, 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 and say sorry 300 times before, you know, stay on your knees. You must stay on your knees at all times. You must ask God to, to forgive you of your sins and to repent at all times, every day for 300 times before he will forgive you. No, no. And Proverbs, I, I love this verse. I think I've talked about it often in my episodes. But in Proverbs, it says, Though a righteous man may fall, seven times he is sure to get up again. A righteous man does not stay down. Those who are in righteousness, who are clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, though they may be tempted and though they may fall, the grace of God helps us back up. If we look on him, if our eyes are on him at all times, his grace is sufficient for us in our weakness. And his grace is what we need to keep on going and living lives and understanding what righteousness is and who we are in Christ. We need his grace. We, we need it. We need it in this life, in this day and age. When we stand before God and we are eternal eternally with him in heaven. We no longer have to fall on grace, but as humans, we need to fall on grace. We, we have our flesh is fighting our spirit constantly. Even Paul talks about how he, he does what he doesn't want to do, but he, you know, he, it, and, and he, he, and he wants to do something he shouldn't do. Like he talks about the fight between flesh you know, and it's there and it's with all of us. And, and we have to understand that, that, that there's that war, but we have the grace of God to see us through because Jesus died once and for all. Jesus died once. He's not going to continually die for us. He died for us, period. He died and was resurrected. He's not going to come back and die again because you, you know, Gave somebody the bird while you were, you know, going through a little bit of road rage, you know, in traffic. And you just automatically just, you had this, this thought to do it and it just snapped and you just did it. And then that's it. You're going to hell. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that. You're like, God, I screwed up. I just totally just gave somebody the bird. I completely screwed up. I let my anger get the best of me. Oh, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to look to you and, and Jesus, you're so wonderful. You're so, that's what our pastor says, you know, in, 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 in a place, I love this. I love this. 
um, my pastor, and I'm going to put in that plug in, Cletus Adrian of Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas. Um, one of the things he talks about with grace is in that, in that place of temptation, you may even be right there in the middle of do, uh, you may have succumbed to temptation and you're right there in the middle of succumbing to temptation. And there is this moment in you where you're like, what I'm doing is wrong. You can just stop what you're doing. Put your eyes on Jesus and say, Jesus, you are so amazing. You are so good. And because of your blood, I am now free. And, and I love you and I worship you. And you're so wonderful and you're so good and you're faithful. God, I thank you that you love me so much that you gave your son for me. And you just start worshiping him and you start praising him. And you start lifting up your name and you say, come Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be with me right now where I am. Come Holy Spirit and be with me. And suddenly that thing that you were doing, it's going to stop. It's going to stop. It's not going to, you're not going to continue. And the more that you find yourself worshiping God, in that, in that moment of temptation, maybe temptation, you know, just flashes through you and you can go, you can go do that, that, that temptation or say or do, but you suddenly go, God, you are so good. God, you are so wonderful. God, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just amazed about how much you love me and how you're faithful and how your word just strikes tr true every time. You never fell and you never lie. And in worshiping him and thanking him and praising him, you're not going to sin. And that temptation goes away. Your spirit man rises up and becomes stronger. Because in your weakness, he is strong. And you become strong in your weakness because he is strong. You become victorious in your, in your fight because he's victorious. You win because he wins. You're free because he's free. Because as long as you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, and as long as you are a joint heir with Christ, you walk in what he walks. You are a child of God. And as a child of God, you have benefits. And this is part of your benefits. You can lean on him. You can... Jesus understands you can lean on him. You can run to him. You can cry to him. You can, you can be at his feet because as long as you're at his feet, a temptation to sin, it won't be there. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. And I'm not saying you're going to slip because God, we're, we're humans. We're human beings. We have flesh. And until our spirit is the only thing that's, that's running things, I guess you could say. Your flesh is going to be there and slap you in the face and say, hey, let's do this instead. Because wouldn't that just, it wouldn't it just be easy to just do that? Wouldn't it just be easy? It'd just be real quick, just easy. And you're like, yeah, it would be easy, man. That would just be, and just, just for a moment. And you're like, yeah, but that's a momentary pleasure. When I could just, you know, I could look to, to Christ and I could have an eternal pleasure in him and his love. And Jesus, you're so good. God, I just love you. And then suddenly that temptation fizzles away because you went to his grace. You, you went to the throne of grace boldly. But that is that, that's the moment. That's the moment right there where you're walking to the throne room of grace boldly, confidently. That, that right there. 
Because you know God, you know Jesus understands. He's got, he, he understands. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, so I'm just going to look to you. I'm just going to put my eyes on you. I'm going to have a merry moment and I'm going to put my eyes on you and I'm going to sit at your feet and all the Marthas can just be doing what they're doing. You know, whatever. God help them. But I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to look at you. And in that moment, if you're just going to be a Mary and you're just going to sit there and you're going to look at him, the grace of God is on your life. That's, that's grace. That's the, that's grace right there. And you, you walk in freedom. You end up walking in freedom and you end up abounding in freedom and in life and in love and in joy and in peace and understanding the goodness of God because his grace is sufficient for you. And, and you're not having to worry about whether or not you're going to sin. You are just living in Christ. And that is where freedom comes in. You're just living in Christ. You're just enjoying being his child. And that's, that's, that's living in grace. That's what grace is. That right there. And if somebody wants to misinterpret that, you know, God help them. Open up their ears. Open up their eyes. But... But that's what grace is. And I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Unapolog unapologetic? Unapologetic? I'm not going to apologize. How about that? <laughs> my tongue was going faster than my brain, I guess. Or my brain was going faster than my tongue. But I'm not going to apologize about it. I've had this revelation of, of grace and, and walking in grace and living in grace and how good God is and how great and amazing he is and how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. And I'm, I, I don't need to whip myself into submission. I don't need to be a, a slave to the rules and the doctrines of, 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 of the man-made religion. I just can fall on him. I can sit at his feet. I can be merry. And I can live a merry life. And I, I, I mentioned this so many times in my podcast, but I will never, ever forget what God told me in, in, in late 2016, early 2017. He really pressed, pressed it in 2017. And I needed it. And I still need it today. I, I, I don't think I will ever not need it. And I'm sure you need it too. So you're going to hear me say over and over again, but God told me that more can be done at his feet than on my own. And I will live that. That is his grace. That's the grace of God. Me being at his feet and getting more done at his feet than on my own feet. That's a grace life. That's living in grace. The grace of God is on my life and he's helping me every day do what needs to be done, but also helping me to live in just his joy and revel in his freedom and to sit back and say, I don't have to worry about a thing. I, I, I sing it to the kids all the time and my nieces, and my nephews, uh, um, they immediately like calm down because it's something I learned in, in, in revival, you know, and I know it's a, it's a Marley song. Okay. I get it. You know, you can huff and puff all you want to, but, but just this piece of it of don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Like that for me is tremendous. And I sing it to myself. I, I, I sit and say, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing, it's going to be all right. That's living a grace life. 
I'm I'm living in grace in that moment. I don't have to worry about a thing. Everything's okay because I'm in Christ. And as long as I'm alive in Christ, I am free. And everything that is up against me is not a problem. Every temptation that's trying to swallow me, I'm okay because my eyes are on him. And as long as my eyes are on him, everything will be all right. Everything will be okay. My battles, my wars, he fights. He's already done. It is finished. Jesus said it is finished. So he saved me. He healed me. He set me free. And he's fought all my battles for me. Because I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And as long as I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ, I am free. I'm living a righteous life. And his grace is sufficient for me. And it's so good. You know, I put on my Instagram, um... On Sunday, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, so we're we're about to go on a family trip um, next week. We're going to go on a family trip. And um, we've been looking forward to this since, gosh, all year. All year, we've been working our way to this. And, and here and there, we've had places where we're going to, like, save and whatever. And, and, and this and that's happened. We're like, no problem. The Lord's got this. For some reason, we have just been in this place of the Lord's got this. We're going to do this. This is going to happen. It's going to be so much fun. We've said yes to this and he's got our back. And, and just in this crunch time, I like, I kid you not, <laughs> like late July, August hit. And it was like, like just so much of this this, this stuff just started coming up against us. Our, our car stopped working. Like, uh, 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 just all these, all these, all, all these, all these little obstacles, you know. And Sunday alone, just on Sunday, it was so hard to get to church. <laughs> so hard to get to church. And, and uh, this little thing that should be easy. Um, my husband has a Kia that he uses for work. And, and this one part that should have been so easy to fix was so difficult. And, and um, what should have been one day was a week, you know, of trying to get this to, to work. And then, and then, and then I, I put up this post on the way to church, not knowing what would happen once we got there. <laughs> but on the way to church, I, I put up this post about how, I love being at church. And I, I put a little thing where, you know, in The Hobbit, uh, uh, Bilba goes, I'm going on an adventure. And it is it's such an adventure because so many things happen on Sundays, just on Sundays alone, just trying to get to church, you know, all kinds of chaos. And and uh, I'm all for chaos sometimes, but not this kind of chaos. And, and, uh, and I was talking about how, you know, how there's so many things I wish would never happen. Uh, just to get to church. But praise God. Praise God. His grace is sufficient for me. Praise God. I get to lean on him in my weakness. And in those moments where I'm like, you know, staying home today would be a really good option. It would just be so easy. And, and, and in those moments, I rise up and say, you know, no, no, I'm going to church because if that thought came to me, there's a blessing coming my way. There's breakthrough coming my way because the enemy really doesn't want me to have victory. The enemy really doesn't want me to go to church. The enemy really doesn't want me to hear what is going to be heard today. And it, and it's going to be grace. It will more than likely be grace. And I'm like, if my pastor is going to be there, it's going to be about grace. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to receive everything that that's being preached 
whether it's a rebuke or whether it's an encouragement, I'm taking it as it's mine, like he's preaching right to me because there will be breakthrough. And, and so I'm, I'm putting about his, his grace is sufficient and, and in my weakness, he's strong and I can lean in his strength and, and make it. And I will win every time I will be in victory. And I invited people to come and, and I was going to be there in victory. <laughs> then we get, we get to the parking lot of church and all of a sudden our van, that's, that's, that's my vehicle. Uh, our van, the temp goes up above the halfway mark it goes up kind of high and my husband was like whoa and he hurries and he puts the the hot air on in case y'all don't know the hot air can help bring the tent back down so uh, he turns the hot air on he rolls down the windows you know and you know we're in texas so it's like over a hundred degrees outside but um you know he tells the kids get out because it was better to be outside with that hot breeze than it was to be in the car at the moment but um but the temp starts going down and we had no idea why. And so a friend of ours, it's a mechanic. He's awesome. Um, comes and checks both cars, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and the van doesn't seem to have a problem. There isn't any problem. There doesn't seem to be any problem. Um, but he looks at it and stuff. And, and finally he also gets to, you know, he fixes the other car, but he tells us, let us know to let him know if anything else happens. Um, and we're like, okay, well, so far there hasn't really been a problem, uh, with the van. Um, and he fixes the car, praise God. Um, but it would have been, it was like just this one thing after another. And it was going to be money coming out from what we've been saving for this trip. And along with that, we have two dogs and the dogs need to be boarded. They can't come with us. And there's money that has to go just about the same amount for the trip as the same amount for the dogs being boarded. And so it was like just this one thing after another, and we're going to have to take out. And then we're just going to have to trust God to provide for us. And, and it was like this overwhelming thing in this moment. Um, and, uh, and the Lord provided and, um, you know, again, his grace is sufficient. And, uh, and he just, he just provided it all. And so we got, we got, um, we got the cars looked at, we got the cars, you know, taken care of and fixed. Um, we have the money for the trip. We have the money for the dogs. Praise be to God. Uh, he's so good because as long as you sit at his feet and look at him, every little thing is going to be all right. And, and that's the thing that just kept rolling. I'm sorry. That's the thing that just got so good. But that's the thing that just kept rolling in my spirit was that song. Every little thing's going to be okay. All right. And I don't have to worry about a thing. And we didn't, we didn't have to worry about a thing because every little thing came out. All right. I just hit my microphone, but I, I, I just brought that example out about how God's grace is sufficient and how important it is to talk on grace because grace doesn't lead to sin. Grace leads to freedom. And there are so many that don't want you to know that grace leads to freedom. Know the grace of God. Study what grace is in the Bible and know the grace of God and how good God is. Grace does not lead to sin. And, 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 it, and if you're not born again, it, you know, you may not really understand that. But, and ask yourself, if you're in a spot where you're like, but grace leads to sin. Too much grace leads to sin. Does anything of God lead to sin? Does anything good from God lead to sin? Does his salvation 
too much salvation lead to sin? Does too much Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit lead to sin? Does, does too much of, uh, of his healing lead to sin? Does too much of who God is lead to sin? Does too much of his victory lead to sin? Like, think about this. Like, really think about this. My brothers and sisters in Christ, how would too much grace lead to sin? If too much of anything else of him does not lead to sin. God's, God's goodness, who God is, does not lead to sin. There is nothing of God that will lead to sin. So there's nothing from him that will lead to sin. And grace is God-given. Grace is, is part of who God is. The grace of God doesn't lead to sin. Open your eyes and open your ears and hear and see what the word of God has been saying to you and the freedom that you can have in Christ through the grace of God and leaning on him and trusting on him and his grace and his mercy. It is sufficient for you and it's there for you for your freedom. And if you have any questions, I'm going to end this now. If you have any questions or comments or you, you need elaborations, uh, you can message me on my Instagram through Aubrey CD Speaks. Um, that's, the only, that's the only thing I have through contact right now is through Aubrey CD Speaks. Um, so message me there. Feel free to message me, really and truly. Feel free to message me. Um, I also encourage you to listen about uh, Grace through uh, Pastor Andrew Weatherford's Still Called podcast. Um, uh, he, he's one of the pastors at our church. Um, I think he explains it wonderfully, especially if you want like a theological, academic, large words explanation. You know, I know some people are comfortable with that, you know, and, um, and you don't want a lot of ums because I'm an ummer. Uh, through <laughs> throughout my podcast. So if you don't want that and you want more of an academic, intellectual, um, and experiential, I mean, he experiences it this as well. Uh, listen to uh, Pastor Andrew Weatherford's uh, Still Caught podcast on, uh, on Grace. I highly recommend it. Um, and if you want to hear some more about it, um, Pastor Cletus Adrian, Deliverance Bible Church, 310 West Pipeline Road, Hearst, Texas, 76053. We're usually there Sundays at two. Doors open at two. Um, and um, and you can also connect with them through Instagram, uh, through Revival and Souls. And uh, uh, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, you can uh, go on their website, uh, dbchearst.com. And uh, there should be a number that you can... Um, put in a uh, revival to, and uh, it will keep you updated with what we're doing and what's going on at Deliverance Bible Church. Feel free to do that in order to stay updated. Um, you can also bless them. There's, there's different ways to bless them. Uh, they have it on their Instagram and on their website. I'd say dbchurst.com is one of the best ways to uh, find out all that information. I highly recommend if you want to know some more about grace, highly recommend you come to Deliverance Bible Church. Um, because past, Pastor Cletus has been preaching on grace. And, uh, and so come and sit and listen and, and um, hear, what, uh, hear what God's saying and get free. Anyway, until next time, be blessed. <laughs>